hands of the goddess. We are held, we are held, we are held. We are loved in the heart of the goddess. We are loved, we are loved, we are loved. What in your life needs to heal? Is it something in your body? Is it in your thoughts or your feelings? Welcome to the Empowered Healer Show with your host, Dr. Susan Allison. Our program will present healing methods and ideas to help you change the challenging parts of your life and support the people who mean the most to you. Now, here is Dr. Susan Allison. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Empowered Healer Show. I'm Dr. Susan Allison, and I am so glad you're here both listening to the show today, and I'm so happy you're on the planet this lifetime. My birthday is in a couple of days, and I'm feeling so grateful to be alive right now and doing what I'm meant to do. It's my belief that each of us is here at this particular time to move forward in ever-advancing civilization, to co-create a new age of peace and sustainability for humanity and our beautiful planet Lately, it feels like every guest I have on the show is talking about conscious evolution. It's my belief that we are finally waking up from a long sleep of delusion where we believe we were separate from the universe, from source, and from one another. Happily, we're stirring and stretching and opening our eyes to the world as it is now and seeing all that must be done to redirect our march to extinction Now, what I just said may seem a bit draconian or pessimistic, but I'm not really negative at all, just realistic. I feel we must shake off our lethargy and our denial and really focus on our soul's purpose, what Barbara Marks Hubbard calls what only we do best and Harry Massey calls our own puzzle piece. So what is it that you feel passionate about that you can do to make a difference in the world? Just do one thing each day to realize your purpose, even something small, and you'll find, you'll be in the flow of creating and serving and feeling fulfilled, what I call being in sync and aligned with your soul and the universe. Now, our guest today, Lynn Twist, is definitely in the flow of creation, clearly fulfilling her own soul's purpose as a global visionary, consultant, speaker, and award-winning author of The Soul of Money. Lynn has spent her life working on global initiatives to create a sustainable future for us all. She's the co-founder of the Pachamama Alliance and works with indigenous peoples of the Amazon. She uses the insights gained from this work to inspire and educate humanity to create a just and sustainable world. Lynn is the founder and president of the Soul of Money Institute, to inspire individuals and organizations to use their financial resources to solve the world's most pressing problems. She's also co-creator of a media campaign called fouryears.go to invite individuals to take a stand on global issues that must be solved to ensure the survival of our planet. Let's welcome Lynn Twist. Hi, Lynn. I'm grateful you could be here. Hi. Thank you, Susan. It's a delight and an honor to be on your show. Thank you so much. I, you know, I'm so happy you could be here because I know how busy you've been and you've just, in fact, gotten back here in the, in the country, I hear. That's right. I've been in, um, Ecuador and Colombia and, um, for part of that time in the Amazon rainforest. So it's great to be back in this part of the world. 
Yes, we're glad to have you. And I always like to start with a personal. And I want to ask you when and how you first knew that you wanted to serve in some way or that you wanted to make a difference in in the world and offer your talents and skills. And I guess in other words, I'm asking, where did your path as a global visionary begin? Um, well, I think it, it, one way to answer that, uh, there's probably a, a thousand answers, <laughs> but one of mm-hmm. them is that my father died very suddenly the day before my 13th birthday of a heart attack. He was only 50 years old, and I was just about to be 13, and in a family of four children, I was kind of the um, the one who, he was a musician and I was a musician, and so we were very very close, and suddenly he was just gone with no warning. He wasn't sick. We all went to bed one night and woke up the next morning, and, and, and he didn't. And I remember thinking, oh, my God, life is so ephemeral. It's so uh, transient. It's so fragile. And, you know, to get that when you're 13 is pretty early. Really um, early. Yeah, and I, I just couldn't believe he was gone. It was impossible. He was such a huge presence in, in our lives. And um, and it was then when I thought, what am I going to do to make my life meaningful? What am I going to do to make him proud of me, even though he was gone? And I, I thought about becoming a nun. That was a, a kind of a, a strange path, but it, I was very religious right after he died. I kind of turned towards Catholicism, uh, even though that isn't where I am now. It, it, was, it was a refuge for me. And yes. I started to pay attention to Mother Teresa and people who were really actually making a huge difference with their life. And I would say that that event began an inquiry uh, of how to make my life meaningful. And mm-hmm. and then, you know, I, I was in high school, so it, it didn't stay that long because <laughs> then, you know, it was all about being popular and having a boyfriend and all that stuff. But then <laughs> eventually I went to college in California. I went to Stanford and met my husband there, and then um, I was lucky enough to be in the early days of the EST training, mm-hmm. um, on the transformational program that was quite controversial in the 60s and 70s, 70s and mm-hmm. 80s, um, but for me it was a, a turning point, and that led me to the Hunger Project, which became my life's work for 20 years. So several events, but um, it all began when my father died. Yes, I, I'm glad you shared that because I, I hear this from so many people. I'm a therapist and I hear often that there's been a crisis. There's been, you know, an illness in a person or death in the family that there's something that sort of cracks us open, mm-hmm. you know, opens, opens our hearts, it, you know, has us looking for more meaning or something deeper. And, um, I think that's wonderful that you shared that. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's, it's, it's a, it was a, a horrible tragedy and a yep. gorgeous blessing. And um, all of those turning points in life seem to have both a, a dark side and a light side, and it depends on how we use them. And uh, that one for me was, was, although it was a painful, heartbreaking experience, I look back on that as, as the beginning of the deepening of my soul. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's exactly right. You know, I'd love to hear, um, you know, you mentioned the Hunger Project and you mentioned um, just earlier your trip, the Amazon. And I'm personally curious about the Pachamama Alliance and your work in the Amazon, if you could talk, talk more about that. Um, well, I was, uh, was very involved in the Hunger Project, as I said, uh, one of the executives leading the Hunger Project for many years. And 
1997, I was responsible for the operations in 47 countries, particularly the fundraising. And, um, and so I was very deeply uh, dedicated to sub-Saharan Africa, places like mm-hmm. Ethiopia, Namibia, Angola, Ghana, Senegal, Guinea-Bissau, Cote d'Ivoire, etc., and countries like India, Bangladesh, Sri Lanka, um, Nepal. So my, my experience, my focus was on that part of the world, plus raising money to support that work all over Europe, Japan, um, uh, South America, uh, not, excuse me, not South America, I meant to say Australia, New mm-hmm. Zealand, Canada, and the United States. So I had no attention on South America is what I meant to say. Yeah. And then through a series of kind of mystical and remarkable events um, that included John Perkins, uh, a great um, friend of mine and now the co-founder of Pachamama Alliance, I ended up in a shamanic ceremony in Central America that led me to a series of visions mm. uh, of indigenous peoples of the Amazon uh, that led me to uh, organize a trip with John and my husband Bill to to the Ecuadorian Amazon to have a very profound encounter with the Achuar people who were in a remote region of the Amazon and who were calling for first contact. And it was completely... Um, outside of what I was focused on at the time, but it was so compelling, so irresistible, so kind of mystical that I couldn't yes. deny the visions, and, and uh, that's what led me to Pachamama Alliance. And the word Pachamama means Mother Earth, and the Pachamama Alliance is an alliance between indigenous peoples of the Amazon and the Andes and conscious, committed people in the modern world like you and probably all the people listening right now. Mm, that's wonderful. Then, I, yeah, I was just reading about the Pachamama Alliance and reading about your work and about the eagle and the condor, which I, I'm not sure everybody has heard about, but I love that story. Well, that's a wonderful, wonderful prophecy about our time. Um, when I say the Pachamama Alliance is an alliance between indigenous peoples of the Amazon and the Andes and conscious, committed people in the modern world, it's an alliance for the sustainability of life itself. And the prophecy of the eagle and the condor, which has been told for millennia uh, by the shamans and elders mm-hmm. in that very, very amazing part of the world, the Amazon and the Andes, has said for millennia that at this time in history, right around now, right around the turn of the 21st century, from the 20th to the 21st century, there would be mm-hmm. a time when... Um, The uh, eagle people, they call us, that's the people who perceive life primarily through the mind, uh, a sort of analytical way of looking at life. Mm -hmm. Uh, The eagle people would have reached a kind of zenith in their capacity to use the mind and will have even uh, invented tools to extend the capacity of the mind, which I I believe is the prophecy about the computer. Yep. And um, we will have... Uh, material wealth beyond any previous generation's imagination and tremendous sophistication in our capacity to use the mind, but we will be spiritually impoverished to our peril and our Mm -hmm. very survival will be at risk. This is what Mm -hmm. that prophecy says about the eagle people right around this time in history. Yes. And the prophecy says that the condor people, uh, and that refers to people who live primarily through the wisdom of the heart, the five senses, and inhabit the spirit world, and that by that they really refer to themselves, the indigenous mm-hmm. people, they will have reached a, another zenith, a different kind of zenith mm-hmm. and sophistication in their capacity to use their heart, their uh, intuition, their instincts, their relationship with other forms of life, their spiritual um, spiritual depth, mm-hmm. 
uh, and they will be at a kind of zenith of their own, but they will be materially impoverished in any encounter with the eagle world, and their very future will be at risk. And the prophecy says that at this time in history, the eagle people and the condor people will rejoin or remember that they mm-hmm. are each other and yep. begin to fly together in the same sky and the whole mm. world will come back into balance. Mm. And so that beautiful, hopeful prophecy about our time in history, um, the indigenous people say the Pachamama Alliance and many other organizations, but certainly our own, is the fulfillment of that prophecy, working together, modern world people, indigenous people, to find mm-hmm. that beautiful balance between the heart and the mind that will take us into the next era, uh, the next 500 years, they say, of a Pachacutic, which is a earthly cycle of balance and light. So, uh, mm, beautiful, a wonderful prophecy and very hopeful. Really beautiful. And I had goosebumps during all of it that one of my colleagues calls God bumps. So <laughs> it was really, really beautiful the way you, you shared that. And we need to take a break, but we're going to okay. be right back uh, with Lynn Twist. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Join Patricia Raskin, the host of Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com, Monday 11 Pacific. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call to Positive Living, Mondays at 11 Pacific Time, right here on VoiceAmerica.com. Dr. Susan Allison is available online, by phone, and in person to help you heal whatever is no longer working in your life. You can go to her website at www.empoweredhealer.com or call her toll-free at 866-268-2121. Dr. Allison also has CDs and DVDs available on her website to empower you even more. You can listen to her voice guide you through meditations, visualizations, and exercises from her book, Empowered Healer. Her powerful book is available from Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Balboa Press, and from local bookstores. Begin today to gain the confidence, power, and ability to heal yourself. Visit EmpoweredHealer.com or call 866-268-2121. Being Here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern-day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration which opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss being here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern with Ariel and Shia Kane, right here on the 7th Wave Network. Be the change. The 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. are tuned in to the Empowered Healer Show with Dr. Susan Allison. If you wish to speak to Dr. Allison or her guests this week, please call into the program at 
1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or you can send an email to the empowered healer at comcast.net. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. And Lynn Twist is here with us and just returned from the Amazon. And she's talking to us about the Pachamama Alliance. And I wanted to ask you, Lynn, uh, to continue talking about that just a bit in terms of, you know, if you could encapsulate some of the things you've learned from the people of the Amazon and what do you feel that we need to learn from them or we can can learn from them? Well, one of the great blessings of being in relationship with indigenous people anywhere really is that they live in a different worldview and their worldview is one of absolute connectivity and in interdependence um, with all forms of life. They actually consider plants and animals of every type and size and shape their kin and the indigenous peoples of the Amazon don't live in the Amazon, they are of the forest. They are uh, the giant otter and the harpy eagle is their brother, uh, the, the pink dolphin, their sister. There is not a separation or a domination of the human being separated from all their species. And that is a very different way of seeing the world than the way we live. And um, when you encounter another worldview that's quite different from your own, what you end up seeing is your own worldview because we kind of can't see the water we're swimming in until we leave that uh, that safe haven. So uh, being with the indigenous people of the Amazon, um, standing in their moccasins or in their worldview, you see our own, and then you can choose it or not or certainly adjust it to be what seems more authentic and accurate to you. Mm-hmm. That's one thing. And then also they they have as their highest ethic the good of the community. They yes. don't individuate the way we do. Mm-hmm. Um they don't have a word for I or me in their language, only we and us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and m- most indigenous languages all over the world are like that. So mm-hmm. what, what's, what's the highest good is what's good for all, the, um, the community. Uh, and then within that, the individual can flourish. But it's not that the individual uh, flourishes ever at the expense of the community. So... That is a very powerful way of living, and it is not that we need to change or live that way. It's very instructive and very inspiring, and you begin to see how how severely, in a way, we've individuated, yep. that we um, succeed oftentimes at the expense of the community, at the expense of everyone else, and uh, and that tends to be very unhealthy, not only for the community, but for us as well. So those are a couple things. Mm. Uh, and their absolute reverence for life yes. and all forms of life is um, is deeply and profoundly moving. And you begin to realize that you have that in you yourself. Mm-hmm. It's almost like we remember being that way in the cells of our body when we're there. Um, and that the civilization that we've built exalts um, human achievement over almost anything else. Whereas when you really get in touch with the natural world, the miracle of mm-hmm. nature uh, humbles you um, and you begin to find your rightful role in relationship with all life. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. It makes me want to be there right now. Yeah. It makes, it makes me want to be there right now. And I was just sharing this morning that I, you know, I... 
I've done a lot of um, vision quest work and, you know, work with, with indigenous people here in this country and shamanic work. I have to, I, I can't live in a city. I mean, I do, but I have to get out, you know, and, and be in nature and walk an empty beach and um, commune with their, all of, of nature and all of life around me and, Otherwise, I go crazy, and I think that's why you know there's there's such insanity in our culture, mm. um, in terms of people uh, just having all kinds of psychological problems. I think it's just we've lost that connection uh, to the natural world. Well, it's interesting when the indigenous people that we work very closely with come and visit us in mm-hmm. our home in San Francisco. Something very curious and beautiful happens they see my piano for example i have a beautiful steinway piano and they don't see a piano they see a tree Mm. they see an exquisite incredibly crafted tree they don't see a couch Um, they see nature being formed into something that has a spirit so they actually see spirit in a in a cup of coffee they see spirit in a desk they see spirit in a computer and wow. it really surprised me because I thought, well, gosh, they're going to be caught in this urban environment and they're going to feel so cut off from nature. But no, they see spirit everywhere and everything comes from the earth and they know that. So mm-hmm. it's a, it's a almost, it, that was almost a surprise to me. Um, and I began to recalibrate my relationship with everything, even the things that I thought were so far from nature. I realized they come from nature. Everything does. There's nothing that doesn't. You know, this telephone that I'm talking on, the the desk I'm sitting at, the pen I'm using, um, the microphone that you're using, it all comes from the earth. Um, and so if we realize that, then we're never that far away from nature. Yes. In fact, it's right there, right there in the midst of our lives. Mm. That's such a, oh, that's such a good reminder. And I, yeah, I think that I think in that separate way as well. And I think that's sort of how we are in this culture. But you're mm-hmm. absolutely right that if we can just see spirit in everything, every single thing comes from the earth, um, then there is no separation. Yeah, and it's, it's sort of, that sort of shocked me because I realized that I had, um, in the training or the almost, I should, sh- shouldn't put it this way maybe, but the brainwashing that civilization produces in your way of thinking, it seems like we're separate from everything. Uh, mm-hmm. The truth is, it's all here, right in our midst. We are living in the bounty of the natural world, turned into things that we find very useful, things that sometimes are um, uh, tools for us to destroy the natural world. But at, uh, at the same time, there's nothing that isn't isn't an expression of that, and that mm-hmm. really changed my whole view of of my environment, of my life, of my world, of my yes. home. Yes. Um, yeah, very, very beautiful transformation for me. Mm-hmm. I'm really glad you talked about that. And before we move on from the Pachamama Alliance, I wanted you, to, for people who are just really caught by this and wanting more, I wanted you to say something about how people can get involved in it, and I know you have a luncheon coming up. Well, there's two or three or four or five ways you can get involved, yep. but I'll say a couple of them. One okay. is that we have an educational program we deliver all over the world called Awakening the Dreamer, Changing the Dream, which is a mandate or request from the indigenous people for us to wake people up from the trance 
the dream that's becoming a nightmare for ourselves in all forms of life, and that's the trance of consumption and, and acquisition and accumulation, and change that dream to a dream of an environmentally sustainable, spiritually fulfilling, and socially just human presence on this planet. And that program is called the Awakening the Dreamer Symposium. And if you go online to Pachamama.org, uh, you'll find it, and it's being delivered all over the world by volunteer facilitators. So taking the Awakening the Dreamer Symposium, we're going online and, and just typing in awakeningthedreamer.org mm-hmm. will lead you to a, a, a half-day program that really will be useful to anyone listening. That's Wonderful. number one. Number two, pachamama.org, P-A-C-H-A-M-A-M-A.org has that information and also information about donating money. And I'm a fundraiser, so I always need to remind people how powerful it is as an action to give money. But um, uh, third, what you really are, uh, I think, encouraging me to say something about is on November 15th, Thursday, November 15th, in San Francisco, we have a huge gathering of our constituency from all over the world. About 1,500 people gather for lunch mm. from 12 to 1.30 in San Francisco for uh, what's called the annual Pachamama Alliance luncheon event, and that is also live streaming on the web. And it's a fantastic, fantastic hour and a half experience of the whole of the Pachamama Alliance. And we bring up indigenous peoples from the Amazon who speak about the mm. challenges they're facing. And uh, we invite everybody to come to the luncheon or watch it online. Wonderful. I'm so glad you uh, mentioned that. And people can go to the various websites you mentioned and become involved. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, I also wanted to see if... There's a connection. I know that, you know, there's the Pachamama Alliance, but there's also the Soul of Money Institute. And I'm wondering if those dovetail in any way, if there was um, something that you began first and it segued into one or the other, or if you could say something about about that. Um, well, the Soul of Money uh, message, which is a book that I wrote, and then it's also an institute and it's also a workshop, and it's also a series of keynotes, is a message about uh, living in the context of sufficiency rather than mm-hmm. scarcity. Mm-hmm. And um, that message kind of came through me. I don't really believe it's only my message, but I certainly have been given the gift of being an instrument of something that I call the soul of money message. And that really came from uh, when I was working for the Hunger Project, I was responsible for fundraising all over the world. And mm-hmm. I worked with people that I um, that I, I used to really call poor, but I now realize it's their circumstances that are poor, resource poor people mm-hmm. living in, in very, very depressed and um, challenging um, circumstances of poverty. Uh, and I really came to love and respect people living in those circumstances and see their strength and beauty, mm-hmm. as well as working with people who lived in uh, enormously abundant uh, excess circumstances of wealth, some of our global multimillionaire families and our billionaire families, and have a, a, a huge respect for the burden, uh, the opportunity, and the huge responsibility of great wealth. Mm-hmm. And as a fundraiser, that spectrum, a fundraiser and a philanthropist myself, that spectrum from resource poor people, uh, people as, as destitute as you can possibly imagine, also my great gift of working with Mother Teresa for some time in India brought me in contact with some of the most resource poor people on earth. Mm-hmm. And then working with extreme wealth, uh, helping families really deal with extreme wealth and 
and sometimes the difficulty that comes with that, especially with raising kids in extreme wealth, um, uh, gave me a, access to understanding a whole dimension of our relationship with money that seemed unique and quite important to communicate to people. Mm-hmm. And that also is very related to somehow the Pachamama Alliance and the Hunger mm-hmm. Project. Hunger and poverty, in a way, um, have many forms. Hunger is a physical experience and poverty is a physical experience, but there's also the hunger and poverty of the soul mm-hmm. that we find in the affluent nations of the world, particularly our own. Yes. And then the, the, the Pachamama Alliance introduced me to people in the Amazon who'd never had any relationship with money, did not understand what that stuff was. Mm. I often say the the phrase they said, well, you can't hunt for it, you can't eat it, so why would anybody want it? For them, it's just a complete <laughs> mystery. Like, what good is it? They're not bothered about money. It's just like, what are they talking about? So I've gotten a very beautiful range of experiences around money that gave me access to some insights that I communicate, which I call the soul of money principles. Wonderful. And we're going to talk uh, exclusively about that in the next segment. Time to take a break, and we'll be right back with Lynn Twist. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Dr. Susan Allison is available online, by phone, and in person to help you heal whatever is no longer working in your life. You can go to her website at www.empoweredhealer.com or call her toll-free at 866-268-2121. Dr. Allison also has CDs and DVDs available on her website to empower you even more. You can listen to her voice guide you through meditations, visualizations, and exercises from her book, Empowered Healer. Her powerful book is available from Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Balboa Press, and from local bookstores. Begin today to gain the confidence, power, and ability to heal yourself. Visit EmpoweredHealer.com or call 866-268-2121. What are the benefits to combining modern science with ancient healing practices? For the answers, you'll want to tune into Frame of Mind with your host, Terry Sue. Each week, our program focuses on ways to live more holistically. By developing new ways of looking at our world, we can find ways to foster harmony and peace for the good of mankind and our planet. If we learn to live and think healthier, we begin to explore and focus on our strengths. Tune into Frame of Mind, Saturdays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. Be visionary. Be extraordinary. Be the change. This is the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. hands of the goddess we are held we are held we are held you are tuned in to the empowered healer show with dr susan allison if you wish to speak to dr allison or her guests this week please call into the program at 1-866-472-5795 that's 1-866-472-5795 
1-800-273-5795. Or you can send an email to the Empowered Healer at Comcast.net. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, everyone, to the show today with Lynn Twist. And we were just beginning our discussion about the soul of money. And, Lynn, I wanted you to talk a little more about some of the principles of the Soul of Money Institute or of, or that you've written in your book. If you could just talk a bit about just some of those principles or some of those um, points that you clearly present both in the Institute workshops and in the book. Well, I think the... Uh, the the whole relationship that most people have with money is a troubled one. Uh, it's filled with anxiety and worry and upset, and often we feel just plain wrong in our relationship with money, like we did something we shouldn't have done or we didn't do something we should have done. Everybody, even the wealthiest of us, feel kind of like we're just wrong in our relationship with money, and there's a lot of suffering in that relationship. And I've discovered that that suffering is not as personal as we think. It seems so private, seems so personal, seems like something we need to hide from everybody else. But actually, it's a it's a it's a suffering that's in the cultural relationship that we have with money on Earth right now, which is a a cultural relationship that is very disempowering and very disabling. Mm-hmm. And we've made money more important than human life, and that mm-hmm. that unfortunate uh, kind of distortion has us. Uh, confused in our relationship with money and putting mm-hmm. money ahead of human values, making it more important than the natural world, than God or spirit, than human life itself, more important than our relationships, mm-hmm. has us do things that are inconsistent with our humanity around money. Mm-hmm. So people do really, really nasty things to mm-hmm. acquire money or to, um, uh, to, to be, uh, to beat the other guy or the other gal in, in, in a financial Kind of contest, and it's it's very um, debilitating for us to uh, to have a relationship with such a huge part of life that doesn't support our best yes. our best instincts, our best morality, our best ethics. And so, in the Soul of Money, I really talk about aligning your relationship with money with your soul, and having money be an expression of the highest commitments of your soul. And that's another way to live. And we address the the notion of scarcity, this belief that there's just not enough to go around and more of everything is always better. We address other toxic myths that kind of has a, have us confused and have us living in a culture that values money more than anything. And none of us really believe that that's valid. Um, we know that our relationships with one another are way more important than our relationship with money, but yet we don't live consistent with that. So it's all kind of mixed up and... Um, yep. The workshops, the book, my talks are designed to help people clear that up a little bit, find some peace and freedom in their relationship with money, no matter how much they have or don't have. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's a, that's a huge, uh, wonderful part of my uh, activism and my work. Um, and I just came from, from doing some workshops in Colombia, which is a country I haven't spent a lot of time in, but... I ended up working with the big foundations there, some of the investment banking community mm-hmm. members, uh, some of the ministries that are working directly with the president. Mm, wonderful. Um, and it was it was quite wonderful to see that no matter where you go, people are kind of nutty around money. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a good description. Yeah. Nutty, a, nutty around money. Yeah, there's a, a lot of anxiety, a lot of upset, a lot of um, people just feel 
feel bad about it. And um, and it, it, it seems like it's related to how much they have or don't have, but it, actually it's not. It's it's just there mm-hmm. waiting to pounce on us. So um, the Soul of Money workshops that I do, which I'll be doing some work with, and, and I also do fundraising workshops where I train people to fundraise with integrity and authenticity rather than manipulation and force. Um, in those workshops, we really address this distorted relationship with money in a way that people can free themselves from it, uh, be liberated, and begin to be in touch with the exquisite distinction of sufficiency or enough, which is quite different than abundance. It's this experience of being met by the universe and being given exactly what you need, not just financially but in every other way, Mm -hmm. in a way that you start to see that the universe is a much friendlier place than you thought and that your needs are met and sufficiency or enough, which is very hard to hold on to in a consumer culture, starts to be a place where you can dwell, where you can Mm -hmm. actually find fulfillment and ultimately a kind of peace and prosperity. So that's the... Wonderful. The essence of the soul money message. Wonderful. And I also, and I heard this in an interview you did, but I also think it's part of it is that being in the sufficiency that it's, this is enough also increases our gratitude. Mm-hmm. You know, and Absolutely. then we're, we're so grateful for what we have, which actually in my own life, it's like that casting your bread on the water and the the gratitude for what you have and the giving it, it it just seems like it comes back a thousandfold. Yeah, it's 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 completely right on. It's um, it's just absolutely amazing when you stop focusing on trying to get more of what you don't really need, which is what our culture kind of fosters or foments us wanting more of. Mm-hmm. It frees up all the energy that's tied up in that chase to turn and make a difference with what we already have. And when we mm-hmm. nourish, pay attention, and make a difference with what's already there, what we already have, it expands before our very eyes, and all we want to do is contribute, share, give, yep. um, and and make it available to others. So that it reverses the flow from desperately trying to grasp more to uh, being grateful for what we have in, in a way that it overflows into kind of thanksgiving, gratitude, and sharing. And that's a very, very full, fulfilling, prosperous, deeply profound way to live. And anyone can shift that and transform their life in a moment. It, it doesn't take changing anything, but shifting the way we hold it. And that's really mm-hmm. what the um, the workshops and the book and my... Um, my work with Soul of Money is all about. Mm-hmm, that's wonderful. Can you share the website and if you have any dates of workshops, can you share that? Why, yes. I'm so glad you asked me that. <laughs> um, yes. I'm happy so, so to. I, I, the book is, my, my website is, is soulofmoney.org and on that website you can go straight to events and it'll, it'll show all kinds of things. But what, one thing I'd really like to mention is that I'm doing a fundraising from the heart. A workshop on September 7th and 8th in San Francisco at the Jewish Community Center in San Francisco, centrally located. And um, that's a wonderful, wonderful workshop. It's two days, and it's $425, and um, it's a fantastic um, really delving into what it takes to, to fundraise from integrity, um, to raise money for a company from integ- integrity, to, to really live uh, consistent with the uh, the ethic and morality and integrity of, of, of your highest commitments. And 
I love delivering that workshop, so I really want to encourage people to come to that. And then um, I'm doing a talk, a TEDx talk, uh, on September 27th in Marin County in San Rafael in, at, uh, uh, in the evening of September 27th. Um, and and then, what is, uh, say that again, fun, Lynn, what that is? It's what the TEDx workshop is? talk. Uh, you know the TED Talks? I do. Uh, so a TEDx talk is a, a, a you know, a 17-minute, 18-minute talk. There'll be a whole group of speakers on mm-hmm. Thursday night, September 27th in San Francisco from 5.30 to 11 p.m., mm-hmm. and I'm going to be one of the speakers there. And then um, I'm doing another fundraising from the heart workshop in New York City on mm. October 26th and 27th uh, of this year. So those two workshops are things that I really want to invite people to come to. And then the TEDx talk. Wonderful. Wonderful. And do you have any Soul of Money workshops planned? Um, any Soul of Money workshops planned? Let's yeah. see. Uh, I just did one in, in Bogota, Colombia, which was just fantastic and made me think mm. i got to do more of those. <laughs> yeah, and I'd, I'd, I'd come. <laughs> I know a lot of people who would, would benefit from, from that. And uh, I'm going to first point them to the Institute and to your book. Yeah. And pe- people can start there, but it would be great to have um, some kind of uh, a workshop in the Bay Area would be fabulous. Yeah, we'll probably do one in the spring of next year. And a lot of people ask for Soul of Money workshops for their board of directors or for their organization or for their uh, tax attorney group or investment uh, circle. So um, I'm, I'm available to do that on a private basis, and we'll probably do a public one in the spring. Um, and, of course, if people just want to write to our website and request that we organize one or if they want to organize one, we're, we're all about um, serving people in that way. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. And I also know some people who would love your fundraising from the heart um, workshop, and I think that it, it's fantastic if companies, if if organizations are drawn to this and, and coming more from integrity mm-hmm. in what they're doing. You know, prosperity actually doesn't come from more. It comes from living in the wholeness and integrity of your values and having money be consistent with that. And people misunderstand that because our culture just promotes more, more, more. But real prosperity, true prosperity, true fulfillment, true sufficiency actually comes from, uh, is a function of aligning your financial resources with the, the deepest commitments of your heart and soul. And that's mm-hmm. really what um, fundraising from the heart and the soul of money work is all about. And it, it's incredible how it transforms people's relationship with life. Money is one of those linchpin issues that when mm-hmm. the anxiety and worry and upset around it begins to dissolve, life starts to flow in a whole other way. I think you're absolutely right. You know, and and another issue that you didn't bring up that has been one for me and might be for other listeners is being a spiritual person, feeling that money isn't spiritual, that there's something, whether this came from my ancestry or it came, you know, I come from pure ancestors on the Mayflower and, you know, whether it comes from my parents, I have no idea, but I have this, huge issue with um, seeing that there's something dirty about money or, you know, it's the root of all evil or, you know, it sounds very Puritan or it's not spiritual. So that's something, you know, I personally need help with. Well, the word um, philanthropy means love of humankind. And that's what philanthropy really is at every level, whether it's $5 that you give to someone 
a woman who's homeless on the street with her two children or mm-hmm. um, $500,000 you give to your college or your your church. Uh, philanthropy is an expression of love of humankind, and money is a carrier. Money is innocent. It's it's like water. It can carry um, nourishment and love and commitment and courage and heart, or it can carry illness and greed and domination and control. Yeah. And it's a carrier. And, and we can have money flow through our lives and out into the world in a way that nourishes everything around us. Mm. And money is a beautiful, beautiful instrument that we invented to express our, our intention to share our goods and resources with one another. And when we get back to that original yep. purpose of money, our life starts to really be fulfilled. Wonderful. I love that. And thanks for sharing that. That helps me. And we need to take one more break, and we'll be right back with Lynn Twist. The 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. Is there a difference between dream work and intuition? The relationship is closer than you think. These are mutually supportive concepts. When you dream, your intuition serves as a foreshadow of the future and can bring rapid results through dream analysis. Tune in to The Partnership of Intuition and Dreams with your host, Dr. Marcia Emery. Explore this unique relationship and learn to understand how the symbolism of dreams can be clarified. Listen every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Dr. Susan Allison is available online, by phone, and in person to help you heal whatever is no longer working in your life. You can go to her website at www.empoweredhealer.com or call her toll-free at 866-268-2121. Dr. Allison also has CDs and DVDs available on her website to empower you even more. You can listen to her voice guide you through meditations, visualizations, and exercises from her book, Empowered Healer. Her powerful book is available from Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Balboa Press, and from local bookstores. Begin today to gain the confidence, power, and ability to heal yourself. Visit EmpoweredHealer.com or call 866-268-2121. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. We are held in the hands of the goddess. We are held, we are held, we are held. You are tuned in to the Empowered Healer Show with Dr. Susan Allison. If you wish to speak to Dr. Allison or her guests this week, please call into the program at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or you can send an email to the Empowered Healer at Comcast.net. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. And I'm here with Lynn Twist, who is the author of The Soul of Money and The Soul of Money Institute. And she has been talking to us about some fascinating subjects. And I just want to, we only have one more segment, and I want to be sure to mention 
that Jack Canfield on my show is the person who said you have to have Lynn Twist on your show. And he also talked about uh, fouryearsgo.org and that work that you do, Lynn. So in honor of Jack, I have to have ask you if you will talk about that. Oh, that's so great. I just love Jack Canfield. He's the best. Isn't he? Um, and he's involved in Pachamama Alliance and, uh, and has been a wonderful donor, supporter, and he's gone to the rainforest with us. And um, four years ago is a as a media campaign, me, media communications commitment campaign mm-hmm. that identifies and marks 2011, 2012, 2013, and 2014 as the four years where we actually have the opportunity to shift the direction of human history away from an unsustainable, inhospitable, violent, dangerous future, which is where we have been headed for some time towards a sustainable, hospitable, peaceful, flourishing, nourishing future. Not that everything will be resolved in this four-year period, but this is the pivot point time. This is the time when we can shift the direction of the human family in a way that um, that is important. Otherwise, things may start to become irreversible. And we don't know how many years this window is, uh, this window where we have the opportunity to make gigantic transformational changes in the direction of the human family. But um, we identified these four years as critical years in the, um, in the history of humankind to make that shift and begin moving on a different course. Mm-hmm. And it's important that you're asking me this right now because um, having just come from the Ecuadorian Amazon, there's an opportunity in that part of the world, which is a very small country right on the equator, for that uh, country, that government, that crisis right now that's taking place there to be a place where the the economy that Ecuador has been dependent on for 40 years, which is 90% based in oil and mining, to shift to a future that is dependent not on extractive industries and colonialism, but on um, the valuing the incredible richness of the natural sources that that country has. And so... We're working there to create that uh, new uh, future, new vision for that economy, uh, which is like a little microcosm of the whole world. We all know that the macroeconomic system that we've been engaged in for a couple hundred years now has been very, very fruitful and been very exciting, but we can't continue with it because it's not sustainable. Mm -hmm. And we need to shift to another kind of economy, economy that's sustainable, economy that respects the finite nature of the natural resources that we depend on, and to realize that the human economy is a subset of the natural economy. And so this four-year period, uh, 2012 is a critical year because it's the year of the Mayan indigenous people and other indigenous groups have been waiting for for 4,000 years. It's a very important turning point year, as Barbara Marks Harvard, I'm sure, has said on your Mm -hmm. show. So four years ago is a, is a website. It's a, it's a campaign. It's a communication. It's a commitment to make personal and organizational commitments in this four year period that really turn the tide. And there's a website, fouryearsgo.org, where you can go and learn more about it and sign up. Yeah, I, I know that I, I read it all over carefully because this interests me almost the most next to the, you know, the Pachamama Alliance, the most of anything that you're doing because I feel, and I always like to do this with my listeners, is to say that they could start right after the show deciding what it is they can do. Like mm-hmm. what is, what is their piece? As I said in the very beginning in the introduction of the show, 
and you and I notice on the site you don't you don't mention specifics of what's at stake. What would you recommend to the list to listeners in terms of their becoming involved in this? Well, I think one of the reasons we don't tell people what to do is because if people are committed and they actually use their own deep, profound sense of self, they'll find yes. something that nobody else could think up. Yeah. But it's also really important to um, recognize that everybody has a role to play. You said this at the very beginning of your show today, uh, and I think it's it's the way you open every show. This mm-hmm. is a really important time in history. And if you're alive now, you have a role to play. It's not a big role. It's not a small role. It's just your role. Yep. And if you listen to your heart and if you listen to the world, you mm-hmm. will do exactly what's yours to do and you'll be one of the people who turns the tide. And so I invite people to look and see what makes their heart sing. What do they do best? And really go for it in this period so that by the end of 2014, they feel that they've had a breakthrough, that they're moving in a direction that's consistent with their humanity and with the sustainable life of this planet, that they are on a a track, a trajectory that they respect and that they're proud of, uh, and whatever that is in your life, whether it's your family or your company or the way you're raising your children or the way you eat or the way you think or the way you um, relate to your neighbors, it's time to um, not put it in the future but to make those transformations now. And that's what Four Years Go is all about. Mm, perfect. Yeah, it's, and it is about doing now. You know, and that, you know, I like the fact that you did, you do say, you know, between now and, and 2014, just because, you know, as a species, we at times have been complacent. And as humans, we tend to wait to the last minute to do things. Or if we can't pump gas because there's a gas shortage, we suddenly are, are kind of interested that there are problems with mm-hmm. um, the, the gas and oil crisis. So it's kind of human nature. It has been in the past. And so I think it's important to really alert people that we are in a crisis, you know, that there is, you know, so much to do. And um, you have said that many times that, you know, we are here at the heart of a turning tide. We are here at a time of crisis. And, it, so. you know, it's it's really creating a positive tipping point instead of waiting for a negative one. Can That's we right. be conscious and creative enough and courageous enough to generate a positive tipping point instead of waiting for, for a negative one to force us in a direction yep. that we've been resisting? You know how yes. when you have a party in your house, is a silly example, but it makes you clean up the house. And yep. you create a positive tipping point for yourself. I'm going to have a Absolutely. Christmas party and I'm going to shape, I'm going to redo my bedroom and get this yep. organized. And it's, it's that kind of a time on, on, yes. on the planet and we can all do it and it'll be fun and it'll be hugely powerful for us. And there's a wonderful phrase from the symposium, the Pachamama Alliance Awakening Dreamer Symposium that this is the time when we can live the most meaningful lives that any generation of humankind has ever lived mm. and that the choices we make in the next few years will determine the future of life on earth for the next 1,000 years and that's not I agree a that ennobles and inspires our lives yep, I agree and this is the end of our show and I've so enjoyed having you here Lynn I'd love to have you back again uh, thanks so much for being here thank you it was a joy being on your show and thank you to everyone who's listening and um, bravo, and let's do it. Good. Thank you. And thank all of you for listening today. 
and thank you for doing your part to create a peaceful and sustainable world. Next week, join me for an hour of insight with Peter McCarthy, author of Adrenaline Nation. It's about our chronic stress that's ruining our health and bankrupting our economy. Until then, this is Dr. Susan Allison wishing you a most fulfilling week. Thank you again for listening to the Empowered Healer Show. Please join your host, Dr. Susan Allison, again next Thursday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Until then, have an empowering and fulfilling week. We are held in the arms of the goddess. We are held, we are held.